The Chicago Bears defense held the Carolina Panthers out of the end zone and started week 10 with a 16 to 13 win. How it all went down and everything else for week 10 of the NFL coming up on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast covering the National Football League, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Harrison on Twitter at DHarrison82, host of Locked On Commanders and Locked On Bucks, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation group of sites. He is Lauren Cox on Twitter at Cox Sports One, play-by-play announcer, radio producer, and host of Locked On Bears. So he's got a lot of things to smile, or at least something to smile about uh, coming into the weekend here. Locked on NFL is here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, everydayers, we appreciate your continued support for this and all your favorite locked on programs. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase, and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100 on today's episode. We're going to predict the rest of week 10's NFL schedule. But first, Lauren, you get to have a victory Friday conversation with Bears fans because we got to talk about this thrilling week 10 opener. Uh, Carolina Panthers visiting the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. Always a beautiful venue uh, to visit, even if the game is not uh, a piece of art that is worthy of such a beautiful venue. But the Chicago Bears get the job done. 16-13 win. Over the Carolina Panthers, the Bears now two and seven. The Carolina Panthers now one and seven. And there are a few layers to this thing. But as the the host of the Locked On Bears and the the resident Bears expert here on the network, I want to get your thoughts on what you saw from Chicago uh, in this Thursday night game. And I'll, and I'll correct you for the record: the Panthers are one and eight, and that's important because the Bears have that oh my fault number one yeah. overall pick. That is uh, that is big for them because whether they won or lost this game, their draft stock would improve one way or the other. They're trying to play both of these two first round picks. And uh, this game was always going to be a victory in some way, shape or form. But I guess a loss for their other draft pick. But no, for the Bears, this was a really strong defensive showing and one that I mean, you should have hoped they could play well against a Panthers offense that was missing receive all, all their receivers not named Adam Thielen and really haven't done much consistently offensively all season. Like this Bears defense has like slowly gotten better as the year has gone on. But like the one thing they haven't been able to do this year is rush the passer. That's why they traded for Montez Sweat from, from David Harrison's locked on commanders, Washington football team. Uh, and, and Sweat certainly had a good game here and they got a hit on Bryce Young and some pressure there. But I do think mm-hmm. Bryce Young's ability that to hold on to the football a little longer than other quarterbacks and also the Panthers struggling offensive line helped make the bears defense look a little bit better. And this just felt one of those felt like one of those games where it's like, if the bears want to have any sort of dignity, like they need to win this game. And the Panthers were injured on so many different spots across their roster. And, and for it to be even as close as it was, was probably a little bit, I mean, it was, it was a three and a half point spread on, on FanDuel and it was a three point final score. So they, they didn't quite even cover the spread, but to, like, to me, they needed to perform at least this, like this was like the bare minimum they needed to do to like get a passing grade on this game. And, and they found a way to hold on even when it got tight at the end. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we mentioned the defense. And I'll correct myself as well. The Chicago Bears three and seven. I had to refresh my screen to get the updated win loss columns up there. Uh, so the Bears now three and seven. Like you said, the Carolina Panthers one and eight. And, and you know, t- uh, had some to that Bears defense. You know, I mean, you mentioned Montez Sweat joining that unit. And, you know, the Carolina Panthers aren't exactly the world beaters of the NFL. But anytime you can keep an NFL offense out of the end zone, you still feel good about what you're doing, even, you know, even if it is one of the more struggling offenses uh, in the NFL. So a good night defensively. The only touchdown the Panthers got uh, came on a punt return. And I thought it was, it was interesting coming into the game, the storyline of how many former bears are on the Panthers roster, how many former Panthers are on the bears roster. And then you get scores one, one on each side of a former player. I'm sure DJ Moore would have appreciated getting one of those scores uh, against his former team. But to me, Lauren, that's kind of one of the most interesting things about the Carolina Panthers because, yeah, they have Bryce Young, the number one overall pick from this last NFL draft, but it's not your traditional number one overall pick. The Carolina Panthers are picking ninth. They traded all the way up to the number one pick. And in theory, right, in general football theology, you would say, well, a number nine team or a pick with a team with the number nine overall pick trading up to get the best quarterback in the NFL draft should have some some decent things going right usually a number nine team and you know in the bottom of the league isn't great but they've got some solid pieces but this this i mean they might be competing against the arizona cardinals to be the worst team in the national football league in your in your eyes is it as simple as the carolina panthers got rid of the best offensive player they had dj moore to get that number one overall picks they actually set themselves backwards to move a little bit forward to the quarterback position or was this team maybe a little bit of it's kind of weird to call it fool's gold by picking number nine overall in the first place. But is it possible the Panthers actually over uh, performed last year? You know, I, I think the way we view the Panthers right now is skewed a lot by the injuries that they've had this season, which like, yes, every team deals with injuries to some extent. But like, you know, they traded DJ Moore kind of knowing that, OK, they were going to need to be a team that would rely on their defense. And it's just kind of happened that all of their injuries have been on defense. I mean, even in this Thursday night game, I would say J.C. Horn's been on injured reserve for a little while. But then their other young cornerback, C.J. Henderson, both but, but both first round picks, right? Henderson was a first round pick. Yeah, both both those guys, high first round picks that were supposed to be the cornerstones of their secondary out with injury. One on IR, one one just regular injured, I guess. Uh, linebacker Shaq Thompson, not in the game for them. Safety Jeremy Chin not in the game for them. They signed Justin Houston to be the edge rusher. I mean, all three of those guys are on injured reserve. Like they're missing not just like any old five defensive starters, but like their five best defensive starters. So like, and, and still, even with all those defensive guys out, they held the bears to 16 points. I mean, one touchdown and math says what four, four field goals on that or whatever the, the number comes or three field goals and four and a touchdown there. Like all in all, it wasn't a terrible defensive performance. albeit against a division two quarterback, but like, yet, like that was supposed to be the side of the ball. They could really, rely on and know that there might be some growing pains around around Bryce Young a little bit there, but maybe they didn't expect it to be quite this bad, but they're young. They're young on the offensive line. They're young outside of Adam Thielen at wide receiver. And, and I guess Hayden Hurst at tight end are the only two like veterans anywhere on that offense. And I think there's understandably like a, a, a patience that's going to be required with Bryce Young. I think it's a little too early to, and not that you were doing this, but it's a little too early to say, all right, after 10 games he or eight game or nine games, he's a bust. He's done. No good. Yeah. No, but some people are doing it. You know what I mean? Some people are already kind of casting that shadow onto him. And, and part of that, and, and they mentioned during the broadcast, part of that is what C.J. Stroud is doing with the Houston Texans, the number two overall pick, the second quarterback off the board, you know, and, and it's kind of just the natural way of of fanatics to kind of look at things and say, man, well, look at that quarterback balling out in Houston. He could have been in Carolina balling out. But then, of course, the reality of it is if, if C.J. Stroud was in Carolina, he might be struggling just as much as Bryce Young in the Carolina Panthers offense is right now. And and Bryce Young might be in Houston making everybody look bad for taking C.J. Stroud, number one. So 
Put that in perspective here. How much of what the Carolina Panthers are doing in this one and eight start to the season is on Bryce Young and how much of it is on just those, those, those injuries, like you mentioned, and just the lack of development in this organization as a whole? Yeah, I, I think the concerning thing for me is when you see the plays that really feel like they're on Bryce Young. Like it's one thing when you can say, okay, like receivers drop a pass here or the pass rush gets beat. I mean, the offense, the pass protection gets beat by the pass rush really quickly here. And it's like, man, Bryce Young is just out there with with no chance. But you look, you know, last week against the Colts, he threw two pick sixes that were not, you know, it's not a batted pass that gets tipped and then somebody gets under it. It's like, oh, well, that's not really Bryce's young fault. Like they one was on like a screen pass. You know, it's just little things that you thought at Alabama. He's smart, decisive, reads defense as well, gets rid of the ball quickly and makes good decisions with it. And like you're starting to see those kind of mistakes. So like the Bears baited him in this game. It was a dropped interception by the linebacker Sanborn in the fourth quarter, where they had you know both linebackers hugging the A gap, and then one dropped right right into the right into the play. And Bryce Young never saw him and should have been picked off in that play. And like those are not the things he was doing at Alabama. Like those are things that he's struggling with here that he wasn't struggling with in the past. And those are the ones where you start to have legitimate concern. Like yeah, they they dropped some passes in this game, and and certainly there was a lot of pressure on the quarterback, uncharacteristically of this Bears defense that you don't you don't blame Bryce Young for. And maybe those mistakes start to compound, and then make him make those other mistakes. And if you could improve some of the rest of the situation around him, he could get into a better rhythm. He could have a little more confidence. He could fire some of these balls in to receivers that maybe you could trust. Like it just feels like it's the same conversation I've been having about Justin Fields for three seasons, and we're just getting started with it with Bryce Young in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, there were moments in that game where you just look at him, you just say, this is a young guy who's just not comfortable. He's not comfortable in his own feet, not comfortable in the, around the offense that he's with. Uh, but then there were also some times you kind of say, okay, there's a little bit of that flash of potential that, you know, uh, could potentially turn into a playmaker. But I think bottom line is most people should agree, nine games is not when you want to make uh, or seal the fate of any young player, especially a young quarterback. So in this battle of two successful co collegiate quarterbacks in their own right, uh, very young, not fully tested NFL quarterbacks, it is the Chicago Bears quarterback that comes out with the win. Justin Fields, who you just mentioned, uh, many expect him to be back for the Bears week 11 matchup. Uh, for more on that and whether or not that's a real expectation, of course, Lauren Cox is holding it down for Locked on Bears. Make sure you come back or go over there and check him out for that. But here we're going to move on to the rest of the week 10 action. And we're going to tell you who's going to win every single week 10 game. We're not going to get any of them wrong, even the ones that we disagree on. That's coming up next on Locked on NFL, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Lockdown NFL podcast is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports. I had some prize picks in for this Thursday night game, and I nailed two of them, didn't nail the third one. So Dante Foreman was his prize picks projection was 18 and a half rushing yards on his first five attempts. Chuba Hubbard was actually the same projection on the first five attempts, 18 and a half yards. I had Foreman with more, Chuba Hubbard with less. Those both hit, but I had Tyson Bajant. His projection was two, 212 and a half passing and rushing yards combined, and I thought he'd get more than that. He came in below that. And that's how you play daily fantasy at Price Picks. You take their projections and you put your football knowledge to the test on whether it'll be more or less than what their Price Picks projections are. And you can win up to 25 times your money on your entry. It's super easy to play. It literally takes 60 seconds or less. And it's a lot of fun because I'm I'm constantly watching the stats of the game. So, okay, it's Chuba Hubbard's fifth fifth, fifth carry and he's at, he's at 14 yards. Is he going to get it? And of course, held on. But of course, my third pick didn't ultimately get me there. But you got to play for yourself. It's a lot of fun. Go to prizefix.com slash locked on NFL. 
and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's an extra $100 to play with at prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNFL, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked on NFL is also brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. And Jace is here to help make sure that you are prepared for any of life's most important situations. Whether you're on extended travel or bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage, Jace is here to keep you covered with all of your go-to medications. Jace Medical can provide life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that you can order in up to a one-year supply so that you're always prepared just in case. They even have generics for ED like Cialis and Viagra as well. So you can go online at jacemedical.com and get your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Just don't forget your promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. Some verified customers are big fans of Jace Review. I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to just have to save it. I ordered more of my daily meds with your supply and also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. This customer highly recommends Jace Medical for everyone. So if someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of your daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if, if it's offered for you. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And don't forget our promo code locked on to get $20 off your purchase. Thanks again for making a Locked On NFL your first listen today or every, and every day and your first few today and every day. Every dayers, thanks again for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Football season is in full swing. Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday. Locked On is going live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And your host, Tanitra Jarvis and Kyle are breaking down every game on the NFL schedule to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, and your betting angles. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel, including Locked On Bears, Locked On Commanders, Locked On Bucks, and, of course, Locked On NFL. Let's get to the game predictions. And, Lauren, we're going to start overseas, uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Not my hometown, but it is the city that I first fell in love with with what they call American football. We just call it football because uh, we're Americans and, and we are arrogant. And that is what we do. We just we just take over the names of things. Uh, Indianapolis Colts are visiting the New England Patriots. Uh, the Colts are on the road, right? This is a Patriots home game, uh, but they are one and a half point favorites to beat the New England Patriots. How do you see that one un uh, unfolding? I appreciate the irony of the Patriots having a home game in another country. But regardless, I, I got to go Colts here. I, I just don't have any confidence in New England really pulling things together. Like, I know they beat the Bills a couple weeks ago, but to me, that feels like Bill Belichick knowing a division rival. And I think the Colts built some real confidence against the Panthers last week that they can go overseas and build off that and kind of wait for the Patriots to make mistakes the same way the Panthers did last week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with the Colts on that one as well. I think that uh, Minshew Mania takes over Germany. I think that uh, it's it's interesting because if you remember the Mike McDaniel's press conference when the Miami Dolphins were over there, he tried to open up with his usual brand of humor. And I don't think he understood that uh, Europeans, but Germans specifically, don't really get sarcasm. Like, that's just kind of part of their culture. They don't really understand sarcasm. So when he steps up to the podium, there's a reason nobody laughed because they really don't understand What's going on there? I don't know how they're going to react to, to Minshew Madness, but I think that they're they're going to enjoy a little bit uh, of that. San Francisco 49ers are visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. 49ers are in a rough, rough spot, Lauren. I think, you know, four weeks ago, we were talking about this team being perhaps unbeatable, the best in the NFL, and now things have shifted. But they are three-point favorites 
to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have actually been fairly hot lately. Uh, who do you think comes out on top of that one? It's interesting because both teams are coming off of a bye week, right? And that's a great time for guys to reset. And so, like, I don't want to say it's an advantage for the 49ers to have the bye when the Jaguars also have a bye. But I feel like a guy like Kyle Shanahan is one that I just feel like, you know, they've been on a skid. Now they have a chance to hit pause and reset. Like, to me, I feel like he can handle this and kind of get this team back on track despite Jaguars having won five in a row and the 49ers having lost three in a row. Like, to me, this feels like, all right, Reset a little bit with Purdy and, and get things back on track. You're not that the Jaguars will play poorly, but I think the 49ers will find a way to get this train back on the road. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have that same mindset. You know what I mean? And it's certainly fair. And I think Kyle Shanahan has proven, you know, he's, he's worthy of that type of consideration. Uh, they're adding Chase Young. So they're hoping that I think it's a 24th ranked uh, pass rush in the NFL right now is going to get a little bit of a shot in the arm. From that presence, uh, I'm going Jaguars here, though. I think that the Jaguars are are the hot hand. And right now I'm going to ride the hot hand. And, and you know, unless you're a fan of the 49ers, if you're an NFC team that's got any hope of a, of a wild card spot or thing like that, the Niners are currently ahead in the NFC West. But if they get knocked down a few pegs, who knows? That race can get really, really interesting. So there's a first disagreement here. Remember, we're both going to be 100% correct. So uh, make sure you take that to the bank. New Orleans Saints visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Saints are favored on the road by three. Lauren, is that going to stand or are the Vikings going to pull off the upset? You know, the Josh Dobbs magic was fun last week when he got into the game, but this Saints yeah. defense is good. And they certainly challenged Tyson Bajant of the Chicago Bears last week. And certainly I'm, I'm not going to put Dobbs and Bajant on the same level in terms of like Dobbs is more experienced and has been through a, lot, a little bit more than that. But to me, like this Vikings team is still kind of piecing everything together. And I know like they've somehow won four games in a row here, but I just don't trust them to keep that going like it's they got to regress to the mean at some point here and i just think the saints defense is the one that can do it to kind of put them back into their not in their place a little bit but kind of bring things back down to earth is maybe the better way to do it even though i don't super trust this this saints offense but i think they can handle the blitzing uh, crazy blitzing from the vikings and get the ball in the hands of like Taysom hill and alvin Kamara can do enough damage after the catch on shorter routes to counter that blitz that i think it matches up well for the saints to kind of bounce back there yeah, no, I agree with you. You mentioned Taysom Hill, man. The weapon that nobody believes in every year, but every year he does something for the Saints that just just, just amazes every time I see it. So I think the New Orleans Saints get that victory uh, as well. The Tennessee Titans are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this is one of the shows that I co-host. So I co-host this show with my buddy James Yarko. We'll be dropping our full episode or our full uh, full thoughts Friday uh, for this game. Lauren, I do think that the Buccaneers come out with a much, much needed win. They had the first bye week of the season that the NFL would allow, and they have not won since. They need a win in the worst way. Do you think the Buccaneers get that win, or do you think the Titans uh, keep rolling with Will Levis? It's tough because you know, the Buccaneers are, are scrambling a little bit right now at four losses in a row, but yeah. I, there's something about the Todd Bowles' aggressive defense that I just I, I feel like can get after a young quarterback like this early in his career where like Will Levis is a lot of fun and I can, I can see him having some big plays in this game, but I think they're going to be able to blitz him and confuse him a little bit. And I don't necessarily trust like this Titans defense and the rest of that team to, to really kind of keep up. Like not that the, not the Buccaneers are going to line them up or anything. I think it'll be a good back and forth game, but I just think maybe some of the Levis magic will not wear off fully, but we'll have some warts here or, or get challenged in a slightly different way than I think we've seen Levis challenge in these first couple of games of his starts. Yeah, no, I agree with you, obviously. Uh, they're the Cleveland Browns visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Not the biggest spread uh, in, in this weekend, but the Ravens are six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Lauren, do you think uh, they get the win, and do you think they cover that spread? I love this Browns defense, 
And like, man, if it wasn't like Clayton Toon playing quarterback for them, I, I would I would really want to go Browns here. But I think the Ravens defense is playing very well. And, and Lamar Jackson's obviously playing a lot. I'm really curious to see. Like, this will be a really good test for Lamar and be like, OK, like, can he do it against a defense that's really I mean, he's played against some defenses pretty good already this season. But he also mm-hmm. already beat Browns earlier this season. So, like, I know the defense is still been playing well in spite of that. But uh, to me, I, I got to go Ravens and I think they'll be able to cover the spread here, too. Yeah, I'm going Ravens. The spread is a little bit worrisome. I think if I'm putting money on this game, I'm going money line. But I certainly could see the Baltimore Ravens covering that spread. Definitely uh, for everything that you just mentioned. We have more games coming up as we're going to wrap up our look ahead at week 10. Coming up next on today's episode of Locked on NFL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked on NFL is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is here to help you be your best self. BetterHelp provides online therapy that's super easy to use, and it's a great way of getting started if you've never used it before. Going to therapy is a really important part of my own mental health regimen. I like to say, just like I go to the gym to take care of my body, I go to therapy to take care of my health. Not because I, I don't go to the gym because my body's broken. I go to the gym because I want my body to be better and healthy. I don't go to therapy because my brain is broken, but I go there because I want it to be better and healthy. It's the same mindset for me. It's about taking care of myself and being my best self. And BetterHelp is really a a great way to do it in virtual online therapy from home. makes it super easy to use. So if you've been thinking about trying therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Because it's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then they match you with a licensed therapist. But you know, if that first therapist is not the right one for you, that's okay. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your own bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash on. Wrapping up this Friday episode of Locked on NFL, Lauren Cox and David Harrison here making some game predictions. And, and Lauren, let's pick right up another six and a half point spread. The Houston Texans coming off of that record setting win uh, over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites. How do you see that one going? You know, I've, I've been a big believer in CJ Stroud and what he's been doing this season. But man, you know, the Bengals are really really settling in right now. I mean, when you could beat yeah. a team like the 49ers and the Bills back-to-back weeks, I know the 49ers have been struggling, but like it feels to me like all of the Joe Burrow early season injury stuff is kind of out of the way now, and this team is settling in, and their defense is, is playing really well as well. Like The offense is on that upswing. Like As much as I love C.J. Stroud, I, I think this one's going to be you know a real big-boy AFC test for him. He's gotten away with playing some average to below-average teams through a lot of the stretch, but the Bengals, to me, are, are a little bit of a step above where the Texans are right now. And I, I think the Bengals will cover that spread too. Yeah, the Texans have been impressive and CJ Stroud has certainly been impressive, but I agree with you. I think the, I think the Bengals are a different different caliber of opponent, uh, especially now that they are hitting their stride. So I, I agree with you. I think the Bengals take it. I think the Bengals uh, cover that spread as well. Uh, Three-point spread here. The Steelers are favored at home against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think I'm going Steelers here, Lauren, and I think I'm going to take them to cover that spread as well. Yeah, you're not going to catch me picking the Packers too much on this podcast. In the one year when it's easy to pick against the Packers, I'm not going to, you know, if it, the Aaron Rodgers days, all right, I'll pick the Packers because I know they're they're good. But 
Uh, yeah, right now they're not they're not clicking so well. They're still trying to figure out find their find their spacing a little bit here, and they've had some injuries. They're finally getting a little bit healthier, but I'm still not so super convinced that even against the Steelers team, I don't really believe in all that much. The Packers are not going to be the team that takes that pulls one over on Mike Tomlin. That's for sure. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons are visiting the Arizona Cardinals. The Falcons are battling for a division lead. The Cardinals are battling for the number one overall pick. Yet the odds makers have the Falcons favored by only one and a half points. Call it the Kyler Murray effect. I don't know what you want to call it. Call it a disbelief in anything NFC South. But Lauren, who do you think wins this contest? I'm going with Kyler Murray. I'm going with the energy and the okay. return. And this team is going. I just also don't believe that much in the in the in the Atlanta Falcons. Like <laughs> they're just a really they're a team that does just doesn't know how to be good and doesn't know how to just take mm-hmm. these layup easy games for them on the schedule here. Like they'll they'll beat teams that they're not supposed to exactly, but then they'll lose teams that they sh- could beat pretty easily. And so they were the victims of the, the Josh Dobbs magic last week. So I'll take the Kyler Murray magic this week. Yeah. You know, the, the hopeful thing for the Falcons is that Drake London comes back because I think if Drake London is there, maybe they beat the Minnesota Vikings. And I think if Drake London is there, they can beat the Arizona Cardinals as well. To me, it's just, it's, it's the, it's the battle of undersized energetic quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke and Kyler Murray. I don't know who needs it, but you're getting it this Sunday. Regardless, Detroit Lions visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. The Lions are favored by three. The Chargers are obviously three-point underdogs at home. In that case, the Chargers continue to maybe be one of the biggest disappointments the last couple of years in the NFL. We kept saying they just need a defense uh, or they just need a quarterback when they had a defense. Now they got a quarterback. They don't have a defense, but the Detroit Lions, I think, are, are, are kind of figuring out who they are and, and are trying, starting to impose their will a little bit. Lauren, I'm taking the Lions uh, and I'm taking the points. Yeah, the Chargers have really only beaten struggling teams. They beat an 0-3 Vikings team. They beat the bad Raiders, bad Bears, and then the Jets with Zach Wilson. Like, I don't trust them to beat a good team or at least at least an above-average team like the Lions coming off a of bye week, and I don't think it's going to go so well. Yeah, biggest spread of the weekend. So I don't really need to know who you think is going to win this game because I think most everybody, even Giants fans, like if you're a Giants fan, I still think you're taking the Cowboys to win this game. It's in Dallas. The Giants are the Giants. Cowboys are the Cowboys. 17 and a half points. Lauren, do the Cowboys pull off a 17 point win or do they cover and hit at least an 18 point win? I I mean, not that I think Danny DeVito or sorry, Tommy DeVito. That one always gets past me. His grandson, Tommy, is going to come out there and have any kind of good game. But a 17 point spread is a lot. Like, I think you get to a certain point, and especially someone like Mike McCarthy, that to me is just going to get get a. 10 point lead and then take the foot off the gas and mm-hmm. slow down a little bit. Like 17 is just a bit rich for me. So I'll take the Cowboys for sure. But, and I don't even, it's weird to say, I think the giants will cover the spread because I don't have confidence in them. I just lack confidence in the, in the Cowboys running up the score. Yeah, that's, that's steep. I'm going money line on that one. Uh, the Washington commanders are traveling to the Pacific Northwest six and a half point underdogs against the Seattle Seahawks. Again, I host locked on commander. So my full thoughts on Friday about this game, uh, but I am taking the Seattle Seahawks as of right now. I just think the, the combination of DK Metcalf, who did show up as a DNP on Thursday. So that's interesting to watch. But also Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba has been picking it up lately. The commanders are terrible at keeping opponents from having explosive passing plays. I just think the Seahawks have too many weapons. Yeah, I, I feel like the Seahawks are a little bit of the, the inverse chargers like we talked about where like they've they've beaten like they've only lost to really good teams on their schedule i mean week one rams sure but then like the panthers are they lost to the bengals right when they started getting better and then the ram the ravens just this past week like to me they're they're 
not that they're a great team, but I think they're a little better than they're getting credit for right now. And they've just run into some buzzsaws and the commanders are not on the caliber of team that I think is really going to beat them. And I think similarly, the commanders haven't necessarily impressed as of late either. So I think Seahawks will bounce back a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're in agreement there. The New York Jets are one point favorites on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm taking that Raiders defense, though, to cause Zach Wilson some issues and and help that Raiders team come away with a second straight win under their interim coach. Lauren, do you think I've got this one nailed or do you think uh, the Jets are going to pull this off? I think the interim coach magic usually only lasts about a game. You know, it's like, oh, this is fresh and new and fun. So we'll come yeah. out and wait for Pierce. And then week two, and it's like, oh, yeah, actually, wait, we're not that good. Uh, and the Jets defense is pretty solid. And again, not that I believe in Zach Wilson here, but I think I think they'll be able to hold down Aiden O'Connell in this one. The Raiders are just uh, they're, they're a little rough. This might be like the first team to get a pick six wins. I got it. Like, it's like first, first, first team to get defensive points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wrapping things up Monday night football, Denver Broncos at Buffalo bills. The Buffalo bills are seven point favorites. Certainly not looking like the AFC juggernaut. They once were the Denver Broncos coming out of a bye. They beat the Kansas city chiefs before they went into the bye. Was that the magic they needed Lauren? Or do you think the bills are going to strike midnight on the Broncos dreams here? Yeah, this one's, this one's really tough. Uh, cause I like everything inside of me logically is like, well, bills, duh. Like the Broncos are still bad, but like, it's kind of, what have you done for me lately? And they've, they've started doing it for me a little bit lately. Like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really torn on this game. To me, it's a little bit more of a coin toss than that. Like I'll definitely take, I'll definitely take the spread there. Like to be, but I, I guess straight up I'll, I'll go bills, but not, not confident in that one. Yeah. I'm, you know what? Preseason, I wouldn't need, I wouldn't have even blinked at this matchup, but now as we stand today, I, that one, had, that one gives me a little bit of pause as well, but I'm going to go Buffalo bills on that one. So those are your week 10 games. Those are the predictions Lauren and I make. Again, we're going to get those 100% correct. So you can take those to the bank. We're not guaranteeing anything, but we're, we're, we're saying that we're pretty, we're pretty good at what we do. Um, coming up, we've got locked on NFL kickoff live at 2 PM Eastern. You'll have three other hosts that are pretty good at what they do. And then on Monday, Kevin Ostriker of locked on Ravens. He's pretty good as well. We'll be back with a whole new episode of locked on NFL. So make sure you're subscribed. You got those notifications turned on those auto downloads turned on. And as always, Thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day, every day, every dayers. We always appreciate all of you for coming through here. Locked On Bears, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Commanders. For Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears and David Harrison of Locked On Commanders and Locked On Bucks, we'll see you next Friday for another episode of Locked On NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.